His name is Josh Usheroff. He's a Montreal filmmaker. And Josh won a contest with Samsung and went to Sochi for 10 days, saw Canada win six medals. Welcome home, Josh. Tell Thanks. us about your trip. Oh, that yeah, that is correct. Uh, it was an awesome trip. Uh, I flew out there just a couple days before the game started and um, got to see nine different events. And uh, at those events, I saw Canadians win six medals. Unbelievable. It, it's what a cool experience to be able to, uh, well, first of all, to have won a trip to Russia. Totally. And I'm happy that you're in Studio Tank because we get to get a very different perspective. We've heard from athletes. We've heard from journalists. Mm-hmm. We haven't heard from any fans who were there. And ostensibly, that's what you were there as. You were you won a contest to be there as a fan. Basically. Tell, can you tell us, first of all, about the contest and why none of us heard of it before? Why did you enter it and win? Why didn't I enter it and win? Sure. Well, actually, so Samsung had this contest called the Mobilers, and um, it was run with... Uh, 13 different countries. So there were mobilers from uh, across Europe and China and uh, Russia as well as Ukraine and a whole bunch of different countries. And um, I created a short video, posted it up online, and then the videos with the most votes uh, were selected. And then two Canadians were sent out to the Olympics for like the first wave. I was one of the first wave mobilers. And then Jennifer Dawson from Toronto went out for the second wave. Okay. So it, it did it come down to you and her? Or was it like kind of was it was there a competition involved? There there was a competition. There were many different people that applied, um, and then basically and you won. I won. Well, yeah. being a Montreal I filmmaker, that, I guess you sure. now had to put together a video, right? Totally, yeah. What was the video that you did? I was just a silly video of me hiking up a ski hill, talking about how pumped I was about the games. I, I had been to Vancouver in 2010. Uh, I was in Atlanta in '96. Um, oh wow! I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm like. A hugely knowledgeable sports fan, but I I like the games. I, I mean, the Olympics themselves are sort of a different experience. Well, when it comes to the just... Olympics, none of us know anything about those sports. Right. Like, <laughs> even the guys who work at TSN here, <laughs> it's a whole different kind of. The hockey we're fine with, but the rest of the time, man. Sure. Nordic yeah, did combined you, is a. Did you have to? F- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm. Your guess is as good as mine. That's the ski jump biathlon one, yeah. I think. Yeah. That's, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Sure. Why not? Yeah. Anytime you can shoot while doing a ski jump. Now, did you have to film it with your phone? Yeah, this basically, they, yeah, okay. they gave us That's, a, there a, it is. a note There's three, the catch. And, <laughs> um, and so we would uh, we would tweet and take photos and shoot little videos. Well, that and the Samsung tattoo on his neck. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you have one of those. Actually, no? I only brought one, but I've got a pin here for you. Oh, I'll this call dibs on that. Olympic awesome. uh, Samsung pins. There, you can see it's cool. it's, it's a, a Baba Babushka doll. <laughs> it's Babushka, <laughs> I think it's called. Yeah. Now I noticed you came with notes. Thanks, Josh. Do you yeah. do you intend on doing shtick or some sort of uh, skit here? No, I've I never just, seen a guest come in with notes before. I, I don't think yeah. there's ever been. Have we ever written no. notes? I just no. wanted to be prepared. I wanted to make sure I got the athletes' names right. Oh, that's oh, cool. Oh, that's cool. Everybody. Well, they respect Prep, that. Prepared. Absolutely. This is how you win contests, Kaufman. <laughs> you have like to be this. a little bit more organized. Yeah. 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 yeah, come prepared. We'll keep that in mind yeah. for the next contest you and I enter, Jay. Yeah. <laughs> I could send you to Pyeongchang. Yeah. <laughs> make sure it's Pyeongchang. <laughs> be careful, Jay. Yeah. Be absolutely careful. You get on the right plane. Yeah, they don't. They don't like me in Pyongyang. <laughs> so you get to Russia a couple of days before. Yep. And um, at that time, the complete story in the media was how nothing was prepared and nothing was ready. Sure. And the Sochi problems was the big Twitter account. Yeah. Absolutely. What was your reaction when you got I mean, there? I was. I was quite nervous going out there. Some of my friends were saying, you know, are you sure this trip is worth it? Uh, you know, there was there were a lot of concerns, and I think to a certain extent, rightfully so. Uh, and uh, when I got there, um, maybe a day after I arrived, 
right outside of our hotel room. So I was staying in Sochi, the city, which is about 45 minutes from Aldair, where the Olympic Park was. Okay. And um, But they have uh, they had an Olympic site set up there as well, like a live outdoors venue where they would have project the games when they were on. That's where the clock was. There was there were certain Olympic-related things in Sochi, but none of the, um, the main arenas were there. Okay. And right outside of our hotel room was the main road where they had the uh, torch relay. And... So we were just actually planning on walking to go to to do some kind of tour of the city when we basically could no longer cross the street because all of a sudden, you know, the, the all the different trucks were going down and the, soon the torch was arriving. And there, standing about 10 feet away from me, was the UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon. Whoa. Like, literally, you know, like, <laughs> right over there. And so he's kind of posing for photos and waiting for the flame to come. And I was, like... First excited, and then just because of all the media attention, like a little bit nervous, you know, because everybody in this area was outside of any Olympic zone. We were just on the street. I had my backpack with the water and camera and a Canadian flag and whatever else. But you didn't know who else was around in that situation. And so leading up to it, and there's like a high-profile individual, um, like those kinds of things... Doesn't get much bit, higher profile. Yeah, than the Secretary was, General of the UN. I was, um, I was definitely, you know, concerned, and that was something that was in the back of my mind. Um, but once the games went underway, at, basically after the opening ceremony, um, and I saw how things operated a bit more, I felt very comfortable. There was a lot of security presence. Um, basically, anytime you were traveling anywhere. Um, there, I w- there weren't exactly checkpoints, but if you were on public transportation, they literally sealed the bus with tape afterwards. If you were from, like, inside a restricted security zone, basically past the security gate, and then you me- you got on a public bus and you went out of that zone, but then into another zone, like say the bus terminal or the central train station, mm-hmm. there was a tape that was put on to make sure that it was closed. Wow! And then they couldn't open that tape until. The bus had entered the next security so, zone. And was so checked. literally, if there's a fire in the bus, you're all dead. There's well, no there's I no means they, they of could, escape. They could open the tape at that point. Oh, but, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's it's but, so no one like, can get in, not so people can't get out. But, okay. You know, That's and, why it's tape, and, not okay. chains. So it's not duct tape. <laughs> right. It's not duct tape <laughs> where probably, nobody would escape. Probably not. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah. Soviet version of duct tape. Oh, yeah. then forget it. Yeah, yeah. It was, Just it blow on it. Yeah, pretty much. But like, you know, all the potholes had been sealed around them, so you could see if any potholes had been lifted. Like, there were a lot of things. Manholes. Manholes. Yes. Right. Potholes Sorry, not, is Montreal. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and we <laughs> certainly don't seal those. <laughs> no, and when you spend fifty dollars fifty billion dollars on an Olympics, there are probably very few pot actual potholes. Yeah. I bet you didn't see it any. Was a, it was a fresh road, yeah. Yeah, well they said the road was one of the craziest aspects of it. The rose the road from uh I guess Adler to Rosa Couture, right? Yes, Which was exactly. the mountain spot. Yeah. Um th- it went I don't know what the road looked like before, but there were it a wasn't. couple if there was no road before it goes through a mountain. You know, like big tunnels. That's part of the. I imagine that's a pretty big endeavor to be able to bore through a tunnel and build a road. So, I would think. So, I would um, think that, that that would be where a lot of the eight, the uh, the fifty billion <laughs> 50 was billion, spent. Yeah, it, it sounds like just a, an incredible experience. What about like we heard journalists complaining about uh, fears of being spied on in their hotel rooms, of hotel rooms not being ready. Like, how, mm-hmm. were your accommodations so, uh, perfect? Or? The, my accommodations were great. I mean, I, I heard, and I also think that some of the, the athletes' accommodations, from what I'd heard, were very good. I, uh, at one of the figure skating events, I sat next to uh, the parents of a figure skater, and they were saying that her daughter had was like having the time of her life, and usually when she's traveling, like the food is sometimes mediocre or questionable, and that she was eating well, and, and like 
the accommodation accommodations in those situations were quite good. Um, I would say that um, for my personal hotel was great. I know that some of the media up in the the mountains, their accommodations weren't ready. I saw stories of you know bobsledders going through doors, yes, and a bunch of things that are cardboard doors, <laughs> cardboard doors, exactly. A bunch of things that are easy to amplify that story on Twitter, but I don't think that that was representative of the average spectator experience. Well, I think we said this last week too on the show, Jay, that. In Vancouver, if you think that everything went well in Vancouver, you're kidding yourself. It was a logistical nightmare, and I know I worked in logistics. It's the Olympics. That's I, right. I went to Woodstock for four days and slept on the floor. Who cares? You know, you're at the Olympics. Deal with it. <laughs> so what? You got a cardboard door. Just to be clear, everybody, this was I the- I live in uh, NDG. This was I got the a Woodstock with Limp Biscuit, not the Woodstock <laughs> with Richie Havens. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, take a quick break, and uh, you'll stick around for one more segment, Josh. Sure, we'll talk a little bit about uh, all the medals that you saw. Sounds good. Maybe a little bit about social media and the power of that. Great. All that and more coming up on Game Night OT. This is TSN 690. Welcome back to TSN 690. This is uh, Pussy Riot, the song that they were filming and uh, recording during the Olympics while they were protesting called Putin Will Help You Love the Motherland. I can't imagine you saw much Pussy Riot while you were in Sochi. Did not. No, eh? No. They, they, no big billboards for their next concert? You, you didn't even get a phone number? <laughs> <laughs> Jay Farrar. No comments. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, thanks for making me lose my train of thought. That's it, everybody. Have a good night. Um, you, no protests? You didn't see any of the so of the other side I of these actually, Olympics? I was curious where that was happening, to be honest. I went out, I mean, partially based on all the, all the sort of media leading up to it, prepared to, I can't, I don't know what I'm allowed to say on the air, but start a little bit of trouble, let's say. Okay. You know, just like, um, you know, express some of the things that I thought were inappropriate about the uh, maybe... The hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. Yes. Let's leave it at that. Um, And once I got out there, I didn't feel the need to do that because my experience was so positive. Everything that I saw from, you know, the way the the organization was, you know, the way things were organized, and also my interaction with the police. Um, There was a lot of police presence. Oh, I bet. Um... But uh, I'll tell you, you know what a live site is? So at, at the games, they had these live sites where they would have events and projection of the games and that sure, kind of thing. Sure, they had the same thing in Whistler and Vancouver. In Vancouver yeah. Exactly. And so I was looking for the live site, and I knew it was along the coast somewhere, and but I didn't know where. So I went up to a police officer, and I'd learned a little bit of Russian through a little uh, app on my phone. <laughs> and I said... I had a sign for someone who had given me a flyer for the live site, and I said, G'day Eta, which I think means, where is this? Okay. <laughs> and I pointed at the flyer. And then the the police officer, instead of just pointing like, oh, it's over there, walked with me for 10 minutes to take me to the live site. Wow. He was giving me a tour along the way. This is the media center. That's where you can buy your souvenirs. Where are you from? Of course, that was all in Russian. I, I like picked up every <laughs> couple of words. I was like, Canada. I pointed to my, my shirt or my right. sunglasses or whatever. But he brought me directly directly to the live site and said there you go and then he just kind of went off and back into the crowd and so i just found that the the everybody from the volunteers to the police were really on uh, their best behavior or they were like well trained to be welcoming to tourists and um i didn't sense any of that um tension that i was expecting going out there fair enough i uh and again i think that was part of their plan their evil master plan <laughs> You know, kill them with kindness. Yeah, and and it, everything's it, okay over here. That's right. Nothing wrong. 
nothing wrong. And but to, I, I am yeah. curious where those, if there were protests, where they were happening, because going from Sochi City to the venues up into the mountains, I I was not exposed to any of that. Well, I think it was kept pretty quiet when it happened. It was always um, covered up very, fairly quickly. Like if you watch the video for the that Pussy Riot song that we just played, mm-hmm. you see them in front of. Uh, I know exactly the rings in different spots. Yeah. So there you go. So that's where there was a protest. Right. And then you see Cossacks whipping them. Mm-hmm. It's pretty intense. I mean, considering well, that, that part of the world, they're very efficient on breaking up protests. Well, I don't very know. Quickly. I, probably not your family, Jay, but I'm sure that both Josh and my family, we have ancestors who were whipped by Cossacks. So we, we kind of know how that feels. My family, yeah, my ancestors were whipped by Turks. There you go. Yeah, there not you go. Cossacks. Right. Yeah. So you, that's how you'll feel when the, when the Olympics hit Istanbul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to talk about some of the other experiences that you had. I, I was following you on Twitter. You're at uh, Soshi Josh 2014, that's right? That's correct. And. There was a great interaction with Denny Morrison, who uh, won two medals for Canada. Of course, he was the one who um, did not qualify for his race, and then his teammate, Gilmore Junio, gave him the spot, and Morrison won the silver. Exactly, yeah. First of all, I think that's just an incredible story, and, uh, you know, talking about team uh, team. That's what it's all about, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was really great. Uh, I mean, unless you're so, Gilmore Junio. So, but... I, <laughs> no, for him, I think it was really uh, impressive to, to have done that. Um, so, I was at that event. Uh, it was the speed skating 100-meter uh, event, and I was sta- sitting right in the very front row. I'd brought a large Canadian flag with me, and I was hanging it sort of over the banister in front of the seat and waving it a bit. And um, when Denny went around, I was just screaming as loud as I could. And there's only maybe 20 feet between you and the athletes, so I knew that he could hear me. And so afterwards, I sent out a little tweet to Denny saying, hey, Denny, I saw you win. Here's where I was sitting, and I was cheering, push, Denny, push. I know you heard me. That was sort of how I ended it. I know you heard me. (laughs) And he wrote back that he sure did, and he appreciated all the support he was receiving. And I just thought that was so cool. And, um, you know, really, uh, throughout the games, the athletes were active on Instagram, active on Twitter, connecting with fans, and fans were, were responding to that. And... Um, sort of building support because it's so important when your athletes are the athletes are so far from home they really are living in the Olympic Village in their own bubble so to be able to have even kind of an electronic connection was um, was really cool to see absolutely and and a sign of uh, a, yeah that doesn't happen and you don't see that in professional sports to that level I I thought that was a really neat story yeah. um, tell me about some of the other cool experiences that you saw I know you saw. Uh, Howell and Lamar win gold and bronze in slope style. Yes, they did. That was pretty awesome. Slope style is probably one of the greatest sports to be a spectator. Yeah, it looks amazing. It's just these massive jumps. Like you, you don't, you you're sitting in the bottom at the stand, so you can really only get a full show of the final jump. Right. You can see them sort of dip, jumping up over the the final jump. You'll see them in the air for a few seconds, but. But, uh, you know, the rails and everything else, you're, you're better You're watching on a big on screen, right? On a big screen, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, for Bo- I was there for um, Mark McMorris, too, for the, for the bronze. And that was the, the first medal for Canada, right? That was the first Canada, medal right? for Canada. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and speaking of, of social media, Twitter released a report today. Mark McMorris was the fifth most mentioned athlete on Twitter during the Olympics. The whole which, Olympics. Which, yeah, which surprised me. I, I did not think that he would be the number one Canadian. Huh. I would have thought it would have gone to the Dufour-La Pointe sisters. Totally. Shows what I know. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was trying to follow as many of the athletes as possible. Um, it was it was just really cool being there and, and seeing the, the games from their perspective. What, what else did you see or who else did you see win? I saw Charles Hamlin win gold in short track. Oh, cool. That was pretty cool. Short track is an intense, intense uh, competition. Oh, yeah. And it, it can it seems to change so quickly from from round to round. Uh, you know, uh, just the way he he managed to rock it. Well, and, and for me, that was one of my favorite moments of the Olympics. Olympics was when um, Marianne Saint Gilles greeted him after the race. I thought that was. Totally. I don't know if you were able to see that from where you were. I, I could see that. Okay, yeah. that yeah. was that the was whole, really the cool. whole stadium saw that. We were talking about it last week. How um, I loved the replay of the race that they showed on CBC where it was a split screen and one side of the screen showed Hamelin racing and the other side sh- just showed Marianne Saint-Gelais reactions the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was amazing. With pure like, joy. Yeah. Pure joy. Just and so genuine, yeah. you know, and it was, it was, it was really great to see. In the uh, couple of minutes we have left, what else uh, do you want to talk about? He's looking at his notes. He is. I think. Well, I figure I he wrote notes it's for it. a reason, right? You no, want to I, talk about the debating team, or uh, we could, we yeah. could uh, talk about St. George's. What year did you graduate, Josh? Two thousand. Okay. Oh, you're only two years younger than me. That's true. Oh my God, I thought you were way younger back then. I thought you were. You all the young people always seem way younger. Josh and I went to high school together, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, Josh <laughs> mentioned that we uh, we were we once upon a time debated together. That may. Or How may not shocking be true. is it that I was in debate? You're on the eh? debate team. Can okay. you believe it, Jay? Yeah. No. Hey, listen. You know. You you know it was future, it was practice for my future job right well yeah that's it you, Monday's debate team Tuesday the chess chess team and no chess team no chess team no okay. chess team no right. I'm not smart enough for chess no come yeah come on certainly certainly well equipped for the debate that's well and sure. and now you're my new debating partner Jay I am so I am don't be too jealous I won't okay good uh, Josh I want to thank you so much for joining tonight it was really fun to to hear about your Olympic experience. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was great to share it with Montrealers uh, back home. And we did find out during the break that Josh won the same contest in 2010 for Vancouver. So can we have you back on in 2018 after I'm you go to Korea? I'm hoping for it. I'm hoping for <laughs> it. Amazing. Can you fill out some lottery tickets for me or <laughs> anything? Uh, follow him on Twitter at SoshiJosh2014. I imagine that at some point down the road that Twitter handle may change. But until it does, you can find him there. Josh Ashraf, thanks so much for your time. Thank you for having me.